0: Welcome to Printing Profits. Setting your online store apart from the competition isn't always the easiest thing to do. It can take loads of research, trial and error, and of course, a lot of valuable time. But a major way to do just that is by offering customers the ability to personalize their products. It can be a huge selling point, but more importantly, it's not something that everyone else can offer. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Tyler Zuffer. Early on, Stephen Chin realized that being an entrepreneur takes resilience and persistence. And after years of trying and failing with many different online ventures, he eventually found success by selling face masks on Etsy during the pandemic. Soon, his sales started to grow and so did his customers' relationship with his offerings. His ability to engage his audience with personalized and relatable products was a huge success. And a year and a half later, Steven grew his business to 15 employees and made a million dollars in revenue. Now he's developed a tool which helps customers personalize products on Etsy using Printify and is starting a YouTube series challenging himself to make another million in just 12 months. Steven, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. So for anyone who's heard about your story, it kind of feels like being, becoming an entrepreneur for you has been a walk in the park, making these millions. But I know that that wasn't the case. It took some time and it was quite a process. So walk me through uh, that journey of what it was like for you to start becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. So definitely not a walk in the park getting started. (laughs) So I got started on Etsy back in June of 2020 back, uh, back during COVID where a good friend of mine, Jesse, super successful Etsy seller told me about the opportunity of selling face masks on Etsy. He told me to buy like this printer, this heat press, these masks. He said, don't copy me, but good luck. (laughs) Uh, so I spent the week that it took for all the equipment to come in the mail to like, you know, create, create my Etsy account. The listings, the market research, the product research, essentially get the shop ready. So that way when the equipment came, I could just turn the shop on. Again, leveraging a pandemic, we got like 17 sales our first day, like 30 sales the next day, 60 sales, 120, 250, like 500 sales a day by day like five, which sounds amazing telling you the story like, you know, two years (laughs) later, but keep in mind, I was making this in my garage by myself. I didn't know how to use a heat press at the time. Uh, I joked I didn't have gray hair two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up working like 16 hours a day for the next 90 days straight. Uh, we grew that business from my garage, uh, to a unit. we got like 15 employees by like the second month. Uh, we ramped that business to about 800 to a thousand masks a day. Um, within a few months then, which was amazing. So that was my kind of crash course in Etsy. But when the mask mandates ended so did the business. Mm. Uh, we literally went from like 500 masks a day to five masks a day overnight. Uh, so at that time we made the decision to, instead of just starting something new, to just rebuild the business. At the time I'd fallen love with Etsy, owning a print shop, being a boss, my employees. So literally from the ground up, we spent the next year and a half rebuilding our print shop. Uh, so I made my first million dollars in Etsy selling face masks, levering a pandemic. That was my crash course in Etsy. Over the next 1.5 years, we made our next 1.5 million dollars selling other print products on Etsy. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Uh, about almost three years into, it, almost three million dollars revenue uh, selling print products on
0: Etsy. Hey man, congratulations! I mean, when I start when I first started hearing about you, um, I saw this video where you say that. One of the biggest things that helped you do what you do is this idea of, of, of failing again and again of persistence and resilience. And, um, I I keep thinking about that. I mean, you, you know, the success that you talk about, obviously I'm sure it felt great, but in those moments where it took that time for you to get there, how did you keep yourself motivated?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stubborn. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for six years, right? So I've given you the last three years of my journey. The first three years was not so smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went to college to be a mechanical engineer, and my senior year, I found out about you know entrepreneurship, online business. I dropped out of college my senior year to go down this path. Wow. And I told myself, if I'm dropping out of college, I have to make this work, right. right? Yeah. So I try. I tried Amazon FBA three different times. I failed three different times. I tried drop shipping three different times. I failed. I tried uh, service based businesses like you know lead generation or social media marketing agencies. Those also failed. So I failed for like th- three years straight. Wow. Um, which in that point, it's like so. I think I failed like my first ten businesses. Um, so ten different times. I you know I gave it hundred percent. Ten different times I fell, I failed, I got back up. I had to brush off my shoulders, check my ego, <laughs> learn from my mistakes, and then uh, and then try again. Uh, so I call that failing forward, you right. know, because what I'm doing today, I am leveraging some of those skill sets that I acquired in those failures, if that makes sense. Um, which is one reason why I think when I did launch the Etsy business, you know, I've tried Amazon three different times. So I kind of knew how to do product research, market research, listing creation, to where it actually helped me be able to like scale the way that we did.
0: I love that. And, and that's a common theme with people who, you know, not even people who are related to business, but, you know, taking advantage of all the opportunities, even if they're failures. And it's like you said, it's like sometimes it's not about failing forward, but you got to like fail up. You know, you got to make sure that whatever happens next goes up. Your specialty with, with your stores, um, a lot of it has to do with personalization. And how did you know that personalizing products was perhaps the way to sell more?
1: Yeah. So uh, again, I sell on Etsy and Etsy is a marketplace where people go to find unique uh, goods that you can't find anywhere else. And as a result, uh, personalized print products tend to sell better than non-personalized print products. So I was just better trying to serve the marketplace. And it's also a higher barrier to entry that like 99 out of a hundred sellers are not currently doing. Mm -hmm. So when you find yourself selling on the same marketplace, similar products, similar designs, If you're doing print on demand, you know, buy from the same provider, same cost, same lead times. It's almost impossible to stand above the competition beyond your design. And I'm not a graphic designer. So the easiest way for me to stand above the competition is by adding personalization.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me, the concept of personalization, because, of course, like as a customer, if you tell me that I can put my own spin on a product, of course, that's going to be appealing to me. And you mentioned that like Etsy is, you know, one of the best places to do that. Um, Why do you think... People like personalizing so much when especially there's such an emphasis on wearing brands, you know, because that is that is a thing, especially with streetwear. You know, the brand is is the representation. I know that you said Etsy has something to do with it, but uh, what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I think when you're selling on a third party marketplace like Etsy or Amazon, uh, I think search volume trumps having a brand. Uh, When somebody buys, you know, a shirt on Etsy and they go and they wear it and their best friend's like, that's a beautiful shirt. Where'd you get that? they're gonna say Etsy, they're not gonna say like your shop name. So when you're selling on on a third party marketplace, you kind of fall underneath the halo of like Etsy's branding or Amazon's branding. So it allows you to launch more trendy designs uh, versus trying to build a brand. So um, I've tried going the brand brand route and I just get a better ROI, just launching more relevant designs like Christmas designs for Christmas, Thanksgiving designs for uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween designs for Halloween versus trying to build you know like a logo or a brand around
0: that. Yeah. I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about, you know, this this idea. Then, when you started your ma- your masking business and that took off, um, and then of course the mask mandates ended, and immediately, you know, you you had to you had to pivot to, you know, adjust to this loss of of a product demand. Um, how how much effort did you have to put to pivot? I mean, wh- that must have been a difficult time for you. Like, how how did you adapt so quickly?
1: Yeah. So luckily, we had a lot of the infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. Um, again, at that time, I still didn't even know print on demand existed. So, like, if, if I knew print on demand existed, you know, three years ago, I probably would have done print on demand masks. But at that time, you know, we had a warehouse, we had equipment, we had employees. So it was just like, and we knew a lot about Etsy at this time. Um, So it's just like, okay, we're going to Etsy, it's going to be print products, what's the next product? Uh, So we just did our product research and then just uh, what products can our equipment do, which is sublimation. So it allows us to just find the next sublimation print products that, that is doing well on Etsy. Yeah.
0: I mean, you mentioned that one of the biggest drivers for you, especially at that time was the fact that, you know, you enjoyed being a boss. You enjoyed like having, you know, working with the team that you were working in scaling up. Was that, was that hard? I mean, to go back to your team at the end of that and say like, all right guys, because I know like for yourself, it's like, all right, cool. I have a strategy. I got to adapt to this. But uh, what was it like leading, leading a team during that time?
1: It's, it was definitely a learning curve. Uh, I've never had an employee before this. So my first employee that that was, you know, delegating, I'm also the kind of guy where it's like, it's better done if I do it myself. So be able to put like that trust in someone else to like do it and do it to my quality. That was a learning curve. Um, But, you know, being three years into it, it's like my employees are like my second family. Like we do like free lunch Fridays, do like Christmas parties, you know, like anything you need, I got you, you know, free snacks in the break room. Um, So it's definitely been a learning curve, but, um, you know, having employees, it's 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 been a blessing.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing that's got us very excited is this um, personalization tool that you're working on for, uh, for, for, that will help merchants offer that to customers. Can you tell me a bit about how that works?
1: Yeah. So... Today, we've sold like 200,000 personalized print products on Etsy. Today. Uh, And I, today, yeah. So um, over the last couple (laughs) of years. So I only, and again, that's personalized print products. And I only do text based personalization, like names, dates, address, phone numbers. I don't do like, you know, like watercolors or like, you know, uh, clip art and things like that. Uh, but come like a Christmas rush, for example, where we're selling like over a thousand units per day, Wow! I have a computer lab full of people just typing name, date, address, name, date, address all day <laughs> long. I think it's been like in terms of labor, I think I spent like fifty thousand dollars last year in labor yeah. just for people to just type name, date, address wow. to change those print files to then be able to print. Um, and it's also so it, one is expensive. It's it's one of the things that it's kind of harder going back to employees. Yeah. It's kind of harder to train somebody to like, hey, this is our the design tool. You know, like make sure you have the right, the correct typing speed. You know, but there's yet human error type typos was huge. Yeah. Um, and then it's also it's slow, it's manual, it's tedious. So I was looking for a way to automate that. Um, I'm all about like lean manufacturing and trying to automate as much as possible. Uh, but there was nothing that could automate the personalization for a print product when selling on a, on a marketplace like Etsy. Right. So we decided we decided to build it. Uh, First for ourselves, but then it kind of evolved from that to like, you know, offering this to people doing print on demand, uh, because I think it's actually, I think that's where the opportunity is, is a lot of people doing print on demand are not leveraging personalization because it kind mm-hmm. of defeats why, why print on demand is so sexy, right? It's like once it's built, it's semi-automated, yeah. right? Etsy's giving you the traffic, they're giving you to sell. Printify is doing the production, you know, it's, it's hands-free once the graphics is built. But once you add in personalization, yes, you might sell two, three times more. But now you made the business manual. Now when Mm. an order comes in, you manually have to personalize it. You manually have to go to Printify, change the order, fulfill it every single time. Or now you have to do delegation. You have to have virtual assistants or employees. With our software, we're using AI to, when an order comes in, the, the, the AI will read the personalization, take your graphic, change the graphic with the personalization, and then automatically fulfill the Printify order with it. So, so essentially, with a click of a button, you can do what takes an employee like you know five to ten minutes.
0: You know, it's interesting. Um, some of the uh, the merchants that I talk to. Are quite frightened of AI, you know, like especially when you talk about image generators or you know the ability to copy a design. And here you are actively embracing AI. Uh, what's your What's your take on that? I mean, like when when you hear, if you heard somebody say, oh, "I don't know, I I I kind of want to leave AI where it is and just feel like I have more control over this process." I mean, how would you respond to that?
1: Yeah, what's crazy is like. I think AI is gonna be more common as time goes on. And like mm-hmm. AI is so crazy today, but today is the worst AI will ever be. Yes. Because we're just now able to tap into some of these tools. And like just now we're able to build tools from being able to tap into these APIs. Um, so you know, I it's, it's I think it's great to embrace it. And for us, it's gonna save us time, money. Um, and then for people doing print on demand, it could save them time, money, also allow them to do personalization, adding more revenue to their business. So yeah. I think if you, if you just, if you can
0: leverage it, it can also be a blessing to your business. How viable do you think personalization is, um, for, for like, for, for a lot of merchants? I mean, do you think that personalization is really the future of print on demand? Or do you think that there's a space for it for certain merchants, but not for everyone? What's your, what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah. So my, my personal opinion is, I think personalization is like the evolution of print on demand. Like mm-hmm. For example, like Printify, I think you guys have gotten like millions of new users in the last year. Like Etsy is they've got the Etsy, I think, grew for like four million to eight, nine million in the last year. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is in sync with you guys. Like you guys grew, they grew everyone's talking on about print-on demand on Etsy through Printify. Um, so the competition is like exponentially growing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's exponentially more harder to stand above the competition. I think I mentioned earlier, that like when you're selling on the same, you know, marketplace, selling the same product, with very similar designs. All you know, same you know, provider, product, lead times, cost. Um, it's almost impossible to stand above your competition, mm. and so you have to go to a higher barrier to entry. And the, the the most organic higher barrier to entry is personalization. Yeah. So if you can offer maybe you know a, you know a teacher mug but put Miss Smith on it, your product is more unique, it's more valuable, but sell it at the same cost as a person who doesn't have that. You're going to get the sale, right? And again, I've I've tried this. I get on a lazy entrepreneur. I've tried non personalization. I've tried perceived personalization. And I've tried personalization and we, hands down, we sell like night and day more personalized products mm. than anything else to a point where like, I actually won't launch a print product today unless we can personalize it because that's
0: how much of an advantage it gives you. I've never heard that before. Can you explain what perceived personalization is?
1: Yeah. So it's like, um, uh, perceived personalization is like grandma, mom, children. Mm, so it's gotcha. like, you're the best mom ever love your children. Like, so children's like, you are my child. That's your personalization right. versus you're the best mom ever loves Sarah, Sam and gotcha. Ryan. Uh,
0: yeah. Enough. Yeah. Well, personalization is going to be a huge factor, uh, especially this tool that you're testing in this new million dollar challenge, print on demand, million dollar challenge that you're working on. Can you tell us a bit about that and, and how that idea came about?
1: Yeah. So this is to like kick off the, 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 software that we're launching. So, um, again, like I, during peak seasons, like our Etsy shop, like we're top 20 out of like 9 million sellers on Etsy. So we're like, you know, like one of like the top, you know, few sellers that are selling at the volume that we're selling at. So I, I get asked a lot, like, Stephen, like, what are you doing? Or, or Stephen, like, if you were to start over today, what exactly would you do? So mm. what sparked this challenge idea was instead of just telling you what I would do theoretically, you know, launching in 2023 versus 2020, what if I actually showed you? What if I actually started over today? You know, I launched a brand new Etsy shop print on demand with the goal to grow to a million dollars revenue yeah. in the next 12 months. And then with that document, the whole thing curtains completely pulled back both. With the shop, the name, the designs, the listings, the niches, but more importantly, like my strategy. And then at the end, we're going to donate 100% of the profits to a charity. So, um, yeah, super excited for this challenge. We just got done recording episode six.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, so, and there's like, what, a total of... uh... Like do you have a total number? Is there like a like a 10 or?
1: Yeah, so episodes one through six is almost like a a course. Like day one is like get everything set up. Day two is like our product research, market research, listing creation, launch strategy, demo of the software. Like that's the first six episodes. And then we're going to roll into like result videos like, you know, our one week results or one month results and things like that. So people can like see behind the scenes if they don't just go to the shop. They can see like our profits, our losses, our strategies. Um, the pain points, like right now, actually, our Etsy shop got suspended. Mm. That that, ten, that tends to happen for new shops. So sure. it's like the pain points sure. of launching a new shop, sometimes it get, might get suspended for two weeks. Um, so it's, it's just super raw documenting the whole thing from start to finish.
0: I mean, a big part of this is, you know, this idea that you've mentioned of of peeling it back. Uh, why was that important to you? And, and, and do you think that doesn't happen with other people who document their journeys?
1: Yeah, so I think we're the only one who's ever done this might be the only one who ever will do this is a lot of people who are teaching youtube you know they have a shop they're they're able to teach because they've done it but when you when you put your shop out to the world you know now people can start copying you or they can Mm. start clicking onto your listings might kill your conversion rate so now your ads will start showing less so it's not strategic for people to show their shop so they keep that secret like they'll tell you the strategy but keep the shop at the secret so it almost creates like a disconnect. It's like, mm-hmm. you're telling me what to do, but I don't see a real life example. I don't see that the proof, sense, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so so with that, and also with the YouTube too, it's, it's, it's this is why courses are so popular. It's like, you get the same content, but it's, it's structured in order. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, by being able to watch me launch it live. Like, what am I doing day one? What am I doing day two? So you're able to see it both in strategy with a practical example in linear order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think by, by pulling back the curtains, you're able to almost put all the pieces together. And you're able to follow along and build along right alongside me, and then it's it makes more sense, I think, i right. in that scenario.
0: You know, this is one of the things that I find fascinating about people, especially who've had successful Etsy stores is uh, (laughs) at a certain point, they want to start over, you know, and one thing that I one thing that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now is here's a guy who's not only made millions once, he's done it a couple times. Um, Why do you why is it so interesting for for you to just kind of go back to, to square one again?
1: yeah i think a lot of it again i don't think anything out there like this exists yeah and i've I'm, i don't know an entrepreneur who's failed as much as myself yes yeah. <laughs> to, to be completely honest like I, I know a lot of the youtubers a lot of people doing print on demand on etsy that are at my level and there might be on there might be on like their second business or this might be their third yeah. business i'm on like my 12th business yeah. you know so it's <laughs> like i know what it feels like to fail i know what it feels like to not know what to do next or you know, I think I mentioned in one of our episodes, like, you know, watching hundreds of YouTube videos and trying to piece together a questionable strategy, yeah. being in the dark, <clears throat> like, I get it. So being able to, you know, take a step back and then help those people who are now where I was then yeah. and get them to where I am now. Like, I think it's just going to, I, I want to help a lot of people in that scenario.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like on some level, you know, it feels like, I mean, the the challenge is the best part. I mean, you seem like a very driven individual. Some of the very uh, best POD merchants, um, especially people who, who do YouTube stuff, like they're very driven individuals. Do you feel at a certain point, it's almost like, you know, you're kind of addicted to the challenge of it?
1: Yeah. So it's like, again, my wife is like, thinks I'm crazy. Cause like I'm yeah. only my full-time husband, I'm a full-time dad to yeah. a son and a daughter. I, I'm running, you know, a seven figure print shop. I'm yeah. launching a, a software. I'm trying to do YouTube content now. And then on top of that, I'm trying to grow a print on demand <laughs> shop from scratch for a million dollars in 12 months. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I am crazy, but I view it as like that should prove the opportunity that yeah. if I think with all that in my, it, on my plate, with just a little bit of time I have left in the day, I still think I can launch a print-on-demand business on Etsy and grow to a million dollars revenue with my strategy that I give you. Mm. I, I think that kind of proves the point that like I genuinely feel like print-on-demand is the most viable way to make money online today.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that a big part of this uh, challenge that you're doing for yourself is the fact that you will be donating uh, the proceeds to charity. Uh, do you have a charity in mind and why was that important to you?
1: Yeah. So again, a lot of this was trying to give back to people, both in the strategy and everything like that. Um, also with the challenge too, I'm only going to be doing personalized print products to kind of like teach people like, like the importance and how those do tend to pop off more than like the other products. Uh, with our business, we do donate 5% of our profits to the convoy of hope, Mm. but I wanted to kind of keep the charity aspect in terms of like which charity for the challenge, more open-ended in case people want to get involved or they have a charity in mind. Maybe we can like, you know, divvy up to different charities. So I'm kind of keeping that open-ended.
0: Oh, nice. So where can people learn more about this challenge?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's gonna be called hello custom. So at hello custom will be the YouTube channel and then we will be launching all the episodes there.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, here's i th- <laughs> I'm just, I'm so enamored by this, by this energy that you have because it, it really does feel like you're so you're, you're, you're driven to succeed in any way. Um, I know that this is the next milestone for you, which is making a, a hopefully, you know, I'm rooting for you, but hopefully making a million dollars in the next 12 months. Um, when you think of the future, you know, cause what you said when you were back in school and you dropped out, you're like, I just want to be successful at this. I want, I want to be in charge of my life. Um, when you think of the future, what are some milestones that you have left for yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm the got this. Like I used to try to think five years out and then it just never worked yeah. out. So now I'm more like, "Okay, yeah, hey, yeah. what am I doing tomorrow? You know, or what am I doing by the end of yeah. this year? Uh, but where I'm kind of seeing myself at least till the end of the year or probably the next few years, is kind of staying in the environment that I am like mm. again, print products, selling print products. So right now I have a print shop where I am a seller. I'm kind of evolving from that to try not to be able to like, instead of compete with the other sellers, to like offer value to the sellers, Um, like the content, the YouTube channel, the software. Um, My buddy Jesse, he's he's taking a similar route where he was a seller, now he's a fulfillment provider. Mm. So I I will probably stay in this similar realm uh, around print products. I just, that's kind of where I found my niche.
0: Well, hey, we're happy to hear that on our end for sure. Hey, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for chatting with us today, man. I appreciate your time. Of course. I've been happy to be here. Thanks so much. This is Printing Profits.
1: Hey, this is Printing Success. Crisp tips by Sarah from Wholesale Ted. And one tip I have is that if you wanna see on Facebook what other ads people are using within your niche, you can go to Facebook and then you can do a search for products within your niche. So let's say then that you wanted to see what other types of dog mugs were being advertised on Facebook. Well, you could just go to Facebook and then do a search in the search bar for dog mugs. You can then filter the results to either show photos or videos. And Facebook also makes it really easy to see what specific ads another store is running as well. Just go to their Facebook page and then go to the transparency section and then click on the ad library. And now you can see the exact ads that that store is running on Facebook.
0: This is Printing Profits. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into e commerce, a new trend is arising. Welcome to Trend Spotting. This time, it's personal. Why is it that we speak so much about niches and how powerful they are in POD? Well, it's all about that feeling of being personal. We all have hobbies, beliefs, interests, pop culture that we love. And when we see a product that reflects that love, we want to buy it. I'm Canadian, and I also love Game of Thrones. So when I see a fun t-shirt saying that winter is not coming, it's settled in Winnipeg, I can't help but buy that. It almost feels like it was made for me. It feels personal. And like Stephen's been saying today, when something is personal, you have a higher chance of making a sale. Research from Adweek and IBM indicates that 44% of Gen Z users will leave a brand for another one if it feels more personal to them. Now, even with today's technology, personalizing all your orders is time consuming, and if you're willing to put in that work, great. But you can make your designs feel more personal without having to write someone's name on every item. Did you notice how many different collaborations and versions Nike does with their Air Jordan sneakers? They do that because each color scheme and partnership with an artist to change the look of their classic shoe opens up a whole new audience. Why not use that same tactic? Find your best-selling designs and change the colors to a niche or an event. Maybe tweak the text of a design so that it sells well, so it appeals to a new niche. Try it out and tap into the trend of making your products deeply personal. Thanks for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Stephen Chin for sharing his experience with us and at the same time, introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Gelvite, Associate producer, Anita Njoki. Technical and video production, Emil Yasuns and Valerie Solechno. Sound productions, Christers Hartmanis. And I'm Tyler Zuffer. See you next time.